I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Warning, you're about to enter the arena and join the battle to save America with your host, Sean Parnell. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Battleground Live. I'm your host, Sean Parnell. I am a combat veteran, a New York Times bestselling author. But more than that, I am a humble servant of America, and it is great to be here. Happy Monday. Folks, I got to tell you, I had... A pretty amazing weekend. Uh, Poppy, a.k.a. Melanie's dad, Grant, Ethan's grandfather, our family's grandfather, came in this weekend. He is um, he's an expert hunter. He used to, he's been hunting all of his life. In fact, Melanie was telling me stories. Commander Melanie, for those of you who are watching from Red Voice Media, she is the commander of the household, as we say, household six. Uh, also, my wife was talking about what it was like growing up in her, in her house with her dad as a kid. And she was saying, you know, my father, like had, we, he hunted his entire life. We didn't eat unless he killed something on, on hunts. And he, she said half of her family albums were pictures of her family or, uh, and pictures of her father just holding up things that he killed on the hunt, <laughs> which I thought was crazy and funny and funny at the same time. Um, she also said that um, he used to have a weight room that was also in his cooler. So he had all these dead things that he killed on hunt. It was all around the same place that he worked out. And she's like, he used to work out in the same place that he killed things. I mean, he was, he, but the guy's an amazing guy, um, super, super knowledgeable. Um, and he has nothing but, but basically, granddaughters. And so now he's got, because we have this big, crazy blended family, uh, which is amazing, which is essentially like the Brady, we're like the Brady bunch, uh, just without Alice, without the help, you know? Um, but he has essentially all granddaughters who weren't necessarily interested in hunting. And I think, you know, I don't want to put words in his mouth, but I think he was, he was sad a little bit that he didn't have anybody he could pass that knowledge on to. And then Melanie and I get together. I mean, like I said, we had this crazy blended family and, um, Ethan is my oldest son who just so happens to be interested in hunting. And so, um, he's, he's a very senior hunter, been doing it for a very long time, knows all the ins and outs. Well, last year we just, you know, went through the hunter safety course and taught Ethan how to shoot, uh, and, and, and Poppy went all in on trying to teach Ethan how to track, how to look for signs of, of deer, look for their tracks on the ground, look for places where they rub their antlers up against the tree and everything. Uh, they didn't get anything their first year, which is kind of crazy, I admit, because we live on a farm here in Western Pennsylvania and um, there are probably not a day that goes by where we don't see 20 deer. <laughs> so it was a little bit of a surprise that they didn't get anything last year, but that's okay. Uh, Ethan learned a lot, kept with it, stuck with it. And they went out again this year. Uh, and of course, last week was uh, in, in Pennsylvania, they do a youth and senior hunt before everybody else. Uh, well, Poppy came in and Ethan and Poppy went out to go hunting. And it was, it was a real special thing, by the way, because I think uh, his, Ethan's grandfather, or Poppy, as we call him, like was very honored to pass this information down to another boy in the family who's actually interested in it, which is which is kind of cool, but the, the legacy stuff there. Um but they went out this weekend and it wasn't, it wasn't like the best of weather, you know, having been in the infantry, I, I, I have this thing where having spent six, almost seven years in the infantry, I don't like camping. I don't like running. It all feels like work to me. I can't tell you how many times where I was sleeping in a ranger grave, what they call a hasty fighting position or, or in a ditch or on the ground with no pillow. I'm done. I'm over it. I'm tired of being outside in the rain, drenched to the bone. <laughs> so it's all kind of, kind of like over the whole camping thing. Um, but Ethan was out there and he was dedicated to it was up, up in a tree stand, um, get just in the worst kind of deep saturating rain that you could possibly imagine, uh, two straight days, first day they didn't see anything, but on the second day, right at the tail end of the hunt, uh, Ethan got his first deer and it was an incredible shot, 185 yards. Uh, he took one shot, dropped the deer right where, uh, it stood and, 
I have to say, it was, that set the tone for the whole weekend. It was a really exciting time because, you know, I mean, look, I get it. Not everybody hunts. Uh, but what, what I'm building to here is it's a necessary skill that everybody absolutely positively has to learn. Because you think about it, probably I would probably say 90 percent of this country does not know what it's like to look down a rifle and through a scope at something on the other end of that rifle that you're going to kill. And what I try to impress upon Ethan, and I know Poppy does as well, is that, you know, when you're hunting, it's yes, it's, it's just an animal, but you are, you are taking something and taking something alive off of this earth. And it's a serious thing that has to be approached with reverence and, and what, what he kills. We, of course, as a family are going to eat and, and, it was just a, it was just an amazing weekend. He was super excited. Um, he learned to field strip it, which is probably less exciting for him. <laughs> That's got a little bit, kind of a dirty part of it, of all of it. Um, but we took it to the processor and he ended up probably, I think looking in the, when I took Ethan to the processor, looking in the cooler. Cause I mean, when I talked to the processor, he's like on Friday, on Friday night, this cooler is empty, but now in one day it's filled. But I think Ethan's dough is one of the biggest ones there. And we're probably going to get 60, 70 pounds of meat out of that. Uh, so congrats to Poppy uh, and congrats to Ethan. All of you all in the chat, give Ethan a big congrats. Cause he got his first deer this, this weekend. And that's a seminal moment in a young hunter's life. So we're really excited about it. Um, but as I mentioned a little bit, most Americans have no idea how to do that. They don't know how to operate. I'm seriously, I can't tell you how many people that I talk to have no idea how to operate a pistol, operate a rifle, operate a shotgun. Not only do they not know how to shoot at all, they don't, if they do know how to shoot, it's very rudimentary understanding. They don't know how to correct malfunctions, assemble, disassemble. They don't understand any of that stuff. And the reason why I'm sort of leading in with this and telling you about all this is that you absolutely positively, if you don't know how to do it already, you've got to learn because so much of the chaos that we're seeing overseas could easily happen here. The enemy is already here. And I know for a fact that my buddy, Dan Bongino talks about this in the 11 o'clock hour. Uh, he said, he'd been saying over and over again for the past week that the enemy is, is here already. And we've talked about it as well, uh, during that time, but absolutely positively. Yes. The enemy is here. In fact, the FBI, I think they believe that there are probably, uh, thousands of Hezbollah sleeper agents that are here in this country that are simply waiting to activate should the uh, should the United States of America become embroiled in a larger global conventional conflict with Iran. I mean, of course, these countries have uh, have thought through how to ha attack us here at home, and obviously they're exploiting the southern border. But my point is. You have to learn to take care of yourself. You have to learn to defend yourself. You have to learn basic skills. I, I would I would argue everyone should learn how to hunt, even if you don't like to do it. I mean, look, I having after used to love hunting and stuff like that prior to going to Afghanistan. All my I've got friends that still hunt to this day. I came back from Afghanistan just as all cards in the table. You know, my time of of hurting things. Uh, is is over. I'm not I'm not doing that stuff anymore. I, I'll, obviously, I understand the importance of it, but I've lost my my taste for that. But it doesn't mean that it's still not an immensely important skill for you to learn. So, I, if you don't know how to do it, I encourage you to figure out how to hunt and provide for yourself and provide for your family. Defend yourself. Defend your family. Defend your heart. Defend your home. Because I am telling you from the bottom of my heart that the government is not coming to save you. Should something go sideways, you get one chance to react. Make sure that you know what the hell you're doing if and when that time comes. Okay. So I just wanted to lead in with that personal story. All is it, we're super psyched and pumped here in Fort Parnell. And I wanted to share that with you. Also wanted to talk about Sue. Uh, she's in, she's in a live chat and uh, you know, the viewers of the show are very, very important to me, especially as the show grows. Um, but she looks, she, she had mentioned the live chats and she missed the Friday show because she lost her sister. And Sue, we just wanted to tell you that uh, on behalf of everybody here in Parnell's platoon, we're praying for your sister. We're so sorry for your loss. Uh, and we're grateful to have you here in the trenches, uh, with us here, but God bless you. We're thinking about you. Um, also right at the top, I always say, 
If you're watching from Red Voice Media, be sure to like Battleground Live. If you're a member of Parnell's Platoon and you're watching here on my Rumble page, make sure to subscribe to Red Voice Media. It's critically important for conservatives to establish overlapping fields of fire so that we can support one another. Red Voice Media is running this show, and they've got a great lineup of conservative speakers that runs 24 hours a day, seven days a week on that channel. And if you're sick and tired of watching cable news like Fox News, Newsmax, other places like that, totally get it. So many conservatives are mistrustful of that. They're moving away from that. Red Voice Media has a, a hell of a lineup. Check them out. Um, they're running my show in the five five o'clock time slot there. It's been amazing. But support one another. Subscribe to each page, e each other's pages, because this is how conservatives win. A rising tide lifts all ships. And if you're watching this show, be sure to like this video. Rumble notices that stuff. If Rumble notices it, the more likely it is for us to bring you a better quality show. In fact, listen to this, folks. Of all the members of Parnell's Platoon, like we're crowdfunding to build a new studio. I mean, we've we've raised close to $1,000 to do just that. So the next phase of this operation as we continue to raise money um, is to get a new camera. Because the camera that I have is supposed to be 1080p. It's supposed to be 4K, but it's, 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 it's not. Like we're going to improve this one step at a time and we're doing it with your help because this show is and will always be yours and uh, just honored to be here with you. So I know that was a long open. I know you're not supposed to do that, especially coming off the weekend, but look, my life is your life. This show is for you. So this is what we do. Um, okay. So we had some technical difficulties um, at the tail end of last show. I'm going to show you this comedy routine real quick, which is amazing, uh, which is, which is amazing before that, before I do that, I want to thank Deepwell. They're amazing uh, American drilling company. They're the founding sponsor of this program. We're grateful to have them. We wouldn't be here without them, but this skit talks about Trump killing Kasim Soleimani. And wasn't it nice to have a president that prioritized peace in the world? Wasn't it nice to have a president just three short years ago who held our enemies' feet to the fire that actually spoke with moral clarity about the threats that America faces in the world? And I think, folks, I really do think and believe that People are starting to wake up. Of course, not just conservatives. We've always been awake, right? But I think people, as Rich Barris called the Joe Rogan voter or the Aaron Rodgers voter, these people are starting to wake up. But not just that. Also, comedians and celebrities are looking at the juxtaposition between life under President Trump and life under Joe Biden. And while, of course, you know, people are like, ah, oh, you know, I, I wish President Trump wouldn't act the way he does, or maybe they don't like his comportment or the way that he carries himself or hear all the time. I used to hear all the time on the campaign trail. I wish he wouldn't have tweeted that. Well, I'll tell you, I think that people wish that they had more mean tweets, a thriving economy here at home and peace and stability across the world, especially as the slow motion train wreck of the Biden administration unveils its chaos on the world. But anyway, look, we, I meant to show you this Friday night. It's funnier than hell, but watch this comedian talk about President Trump uh, it, because, again, people were waking up, but just check this out. It's awesome and funny. I miss it. I miss the Trump speeches. Trump gave what I think was probably one of the greatest speeches of world leaders given. You know, it's got to be up there with, like, Churchill, <laughs> Gettysburg Address. Anyway, for real though, it was my favorite speech I've ever seen a president give. It was the night, it was the night the United States killed the leader of ISIS. Trump comes out of the Situation Room at like midnight in the White House, and he walks down that fucking tunnel like he's. It gives a press conference, like he's giving a post-game NBA <laughs> just killed a guy press conference. He walks up in front of the entire world at midnight and just goes, "Abu Bakar Al Baghdadi is dead. He died like a dog." <laughs> That's all him, dude. <laughs> I didn't change one word of that. That's what he opened with. And then he did 40 minutes. The speech is 40 minutes for no reason. It wasn't a prepared speech. He freestyled 40 straight. Not even a speech, just mean shit talk for 40 The meanest shit talk you've ever heard in front of the whole world. Abu. We could hear him crying, I said. Abu, don't cry. <laughs> Let me tell you something, Abu cried, he cried quite a bit. I wouldn't have cried. <laughs> Cry baby back daddy, that's what we were all calling. <laughs> Look, I love everything about that speech. I love it. I love thinking about Trump in the Situation Room, surrounded by 
generals watching a live, mil watching special forces, watching those cocksucking Navy SEALs. <laughs> those mother if I was in there, I'd be like, get out of that, move, run. <laughs> no, I just love, I love, I love thinking about Trump in the Situation Room, watching a live <laughs> military operation. He's the only dude in the room that wasn't military. He must have been the only dude watching it that was like, oh! <laughs> you can tell he's never seen it before by the fucking speech. The speech sounded like a guy just trying to tell you some shit he saw. A lot of guys would knock on the front door, not these guys, not our guys. Not our guys, our guys went through the wall, they blew up his wall. And they use dogs, beautiful dogs. <laughs> beautiful dogs is the funniest detail. It's true, they actually did use, it was the army rangers and they used dogs because they were afraid Al Baghdadi was gonna be wearing a suicide vest so they killed him with dogs and a robot. <laughs> and then made fun of him for crying. <laughs> Let that guy cry, that's the scariest death I've ever heard of. That dude was laying in his bed in the middle of the night, his wall exploded, fucking 10 dogs and a robot broke into Dude, 10 dogs wearing helmets and goggles broke into his house. The Paw Patrol, the actual Paw Patrol. <laughs> Do you see? <laughs> you see what I'm saying? I mean, th I, I, this is this is just a regular comedian looking at what Trump was saying back then and speaking to it. And I, I'm telling you, this is what I, I said many, many times before. People are starting to wake up to the craziness, and it's going to start coming out in comedy first because I think so many of these comedians they they speak truth in a really funny way and as and, and it's in a way that's ne not necessarily political that turns people off i think that's critically critically important but here he is talking about president trump taking out kasim soleimani in a way uh that no other president has really done and you look at Iran under President Trump versus Iran under President Biden, and of course, the juxtaposition of the two could not be more clear. After a couple months in office, President Trump withdrew from the Iran nuclear agreement. Uh, he sanctioned the hell out of them. As a result, Iran was only enriching about 4% uranium at the time. It was going to be practically impossible for them to get a bomb. Trump cut off funding for Hamas. I mean, because right now, uh, Joe Biden's funding Hamas to the tune of hundreds of millions of dollars. It's absolutely ridiculous. And then you look at the Abraham Accords, which is essentially peace in the Middle East, something that I never thought I'd see in my lifetime. And then you look at Joe Biden immediately reenters the Iran nuclear deal. It gives Iran $6 billion in sanction-free money. He's starting to fund Hamas again with U.S. taxpayer dollars to the tune of hundreds of billions of dollars. Absolutely crazy. Uh, and all while, you look at you look at what's going on in the Middle East, he, all while not speaking with moral clarity, doing everything that he can to slow walk is, is the Israelis' invasion of Gaza to eradicate and destroy Hamas, which of course they should do it. Israel is not even asking for a single American troop on the ground. They don't want American troops on the ground. They believe it would hurt the legitimacy in the eyes of potential Arab partners moving forward in the future. Um, so there's all that going on this weekend. Oh, something else I got to give you a quick update on. On Friday, uh, I talked to you about the community note that Twitter, uh, now known as X, put on my tweet where I, I quote tweeted Joe Biden, where Joe Biden said that Hamas does not represent the Palestinian people. I quote tweeted it and said, well, technically the Palestinian people e elected Hamas to represent them in a landslide victory carrying 76 seats in their parliament. So literally, yes, they do represent the people. Well, Twitter put a, a smarmy and snarky little community note on there, otherwise known as a fact check, that said basically, well, it's actually... You know, that election happened in 2006. And so most 18 year olds didn't vote for Hamas, which, of course, wasn't my point. They voted for Hamas and they've been paying the price ever since. But 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 I fought it. I submitted one article after the next. I, some empirical data of polling of the AP in 2021 said that 53 percent of the Palestinians actually actually support Hamas. I told Twitter, which is again now X, that Citing Wikipedia is not appropriate. Sixth graders aren't allowed to cite Wikipedia in their sources. It, Twitter shouldn't use them either. And they removed the community note. So victory, it's a small victory, but it's true. What I said was true. And I wanted to make sure that you updated all of that. So uh, 
Speaking of the world on fire, non-emergency personnel have been ordered to evacuate the U.S. Embassy in Iraq. Now, this is the seventh embassy evacuation of the Biden Biden presidency after Afghanistan, Ukraine, Belarus, Sudan, Haiti, and Niger. And where is Biden? Let's see where Biden is. Go ahead and roll the tape. Well, Joe Biden's on the beach. So the world is literally on fire. You have Ukraine fighting a stalemate in Russia, by the way, in the, and it's not going well for them. The escalatory probabilities of that war are through the roof. I mean, absolutely dangerous. And it's not something the United States is, is really prepared to face. Uh, they're not they're not ready for this threat at this time. And of course, Israel. Where's Joe Biden? He's been on vacation for over half of his presidency. And there you saw on that video, people at the press were asking Joe Biden as he strolled along the beach there. What, what about the American hostages? Do you have a plan for the American hostages? Right. It, no answer. And so I, I say all this to say Joe Biden's weakness has created chaos in leadership vacuums all across the world. And Americans are still not only are they still languishing in Afghanistan. Yes, that's a fact. We still haven't gotten all of Americans out of Afghanistan yet. We still have Americans in the hands of Hamas. Joe Biden's at the beach and is refusing to answer any questions about it. Absolutely disgusting to me. Um, so, look. This conflict in the Middle East is obviously creating a, a a crisis, a humanitarian crisis. And we're already seeing here that Egypt and Jordan is that they're not like all these allies, our supposed allies, Middle East allies in the region are not taking any refugees. So, of course, who's the onus, the global responsibility for taking in refugees? What, what do you, Who do you think the UN is going to call to take refugees? They're going to call us. And I'm telling you, folks, not one the United States should not take one single refugee from Gaza. It is time. It is time for our Middle East partners. I'm telling you, and that means Egypt and Jordan to take some of these refugees. It, it, it makes a hell of a lot more sense for them to stay in their region. There's some sort of cultural resonance there where all the folks over there believe the exact same thing. And, and I'll tell you, like, look, you think I'm being crazy about this or overly cautious about this? I'm not. Even our best partners in Afghanistan, there were times where we would have to tell them that, no, it's not appropriate to bury a woman up to her neck and stone her to death. No, it's not appropriate. It's not appropriate to beat the crap out of your wife because she didn't wear a veil. I mean, what we're talking about here is just the gap between these two cultures, both Western culture and, and Middle East, is so great that bringing them here, I'm just not entirely sure that it would work out all that well. And in fact, I know it. And so even look in the wake of, of Afghanistan, when we brought all those unvetted refugees here, and that's the key. They're unvetted. We don't know where they come from. We don't know if they're a security threat or not. They literally have no background. You ask people in Afghanistan how old they are, they'll tell you, I don't know. I think I was born, you know, in October of this year, 10 years ago, 20 years ago. They have no clue. They don't keep records like we do here in the West. So there's no way to verify these threats. But look at this video. Of George, I think it's Jordan's president talking about they're not willing to take any refugees in the midst of this crisis. Check this out. Just a part of the question on the issues of refugees coming to Jordan. And I think I can quite strongly speak on behalf not only of um, 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 uh, Jordan as a nation, but of uh, our friends in Egypt. That is a red line uh, because I think that is the plan by certain of the usual suspects to try and create de facto issues on the ground. No refugees in Jordan, no refugees in Egypt. So why, why is it an untenable for position? I mean, again, why is it expected of us to shoulder the burden of taking refugees from Palestine? And by, by the way, these are people that 100% that hate us. These are people that danced in the street after September 11th. 
These are people that by and large celebrated the death of Israeli civilians. 53%, again, according to the Associated Press, 53% of Palestinians support Hamas. So therefore, if we start, if we take on the burden, and yes, it is a burden of bringing in these refugees, can we then say that 53% of the refugees that we're bringing into this country support Hamas, which is a terrorist organization which hates America? And it, look, if you think, because the reality is, folks, and the reason why I'm talking about all of this is that we face quite literally one of the greatest asymmetric threats of our time while simultaneously being embroiled in what could very easily become a conventional war in Ukraine with Russia going into the winter. And again, you don't have to be a student of history to know that going to war, a two-front war, going to war, especially on two fronts with Russia going into the winter, does not necessarily end well for anybody who's ever tried it. And I can't imagine it's going to end well for us. And so look at what the Texas uh, Governor Abbott of Texas is doing. An article in the Post Millennial just came out and said the state of Texas has started instilling or installing rather razor wire along the border with New Mexico in an effort to curb illegal immigration. They got it right there for you. So the dynamic that we have right now in Texas, by the way, is we have the Texas state authorities putting up razor wire because there are so many illegal immigrants coming across the border. They can't possibly verify who's coming across. They can't possibly house them. They can't possibly they don't they don't have a clue whether these people are on terror watch lists or not. They have no idea how many terrorists actually escaped into this country. So the state is taking precautions to protect their citizens and honor their oath to office while simultaneously federal agents from the Biden administration, they're cutting the razor wire. This is a fact, folks. If you don't believe me, don't trust me. Go look it up for yourself. The Biden administration has been asked about it. They've not directly answered these questions, but that's 100% what's going on. And you have to ask yourself why the Biden administration is doing everything that they can to to thwart state-level authorities who are simply trying to protect their own people from the predations of mass migrations and people that they can't possibly verify especially in the wake of all of these global conflicts, especially when you have Iran now being funded by the Biden administration to the tune of $6 billion and Hamas, as I mentioned earlier in the open, getting hundreds of millions of dollars from the Biden administration. If you think for a second that these asymmetric threats aren't looking at our southern border and seeing a vulnerability, you are wrong. They do. And it's not something that's just a danger to the southern states. It's a danger. It's a huge danger to all of us here at home as well. So as if to support my point, Peter Ducey just talked about this today. Uh, We talked about custom and border protection as warning of Hamas and Hezbollah and Islamic Jihad fighters, quote, exploiting the porous border as border encounters with individuals on the terrorist watch list skyrocket. This just happened today. Go ahead and roll the tape and listen for yourself. But the intel arm of CBP has a new bulletin out, and the headline is pretty alarming. It says in bold letters right at the top, foreign fighters of Israel-Hamas conflict may be encountered at southwest border. The Daily Caller got a copy of this material. It was distributed three days ago, and it's about Hamas, Hezbollah, or Islamic Jihad fighters exploiting the poorest border to get into the U.S. Part of the concern is that terrorists can see a ton of traffic down there. One, uh, rather, the new number is 2.48 million encounters in a fiscal year, and among them at least 172 people from the terror watch list. That is 172 who actually came face-to-face with law enforcement and didn't get away. That is staggering. Those numbers should concern all of us. And again, we have no idea who got into this country and actually did not encounter the border patrol. In other words, we have no idea. And the FBI has estimates. And I'm told, I told you earlier that they believe there are probably thousands of sleeper cells in this country waiting to be activated should the U.S. become embroiled in a conflict that would warrant their activation. But this is something that should scare the living hell out of all of you. But look, I've got five kids. They, they go to school. They, they ride school buses. It, it's they... They live, they, they live, they play outside, they walk home from school, they go to football games. If you think that these terrorists, because they aren't looking at these vulnerabilities that we have here in this country, you're wrong. 
President Trump spoke to this just a couple of weeks ago in the DeSantis campaign, I believe, in in a below the belt attack. went after him on this, but Trump said that Hezbollah is smart. I am here to tell you that he is 100% right. Just because you say your enemy is smart does not mean you are complimenting them. It's very, very, very important to take the threats that we face seriously, to take the capabilities of your enemy seriously. Respect your enemy. If you don't respect your enemy and you become complacent, bad things happen. And I'm telling you all this because I believe that not only is Biden complacent and they're filled with a bunch of mouth breathers in that administration that that don't fundamentally understand the threats that we face here uh, uh, in America and, and globally. But I believe that what they're doing is deliberate, which is why they're actually cutting the razor wire of Texas state authorities and letting these people into our country. Customs and Border, uh, the CBP, reported that there were 269,735 migrant encounters at the southern border in September making it the highest single month ever recorded, ever recorded. The CBP reports fiscal year in 2023 now finishes with 2.47 million encounters, also the highest annual total ever recorded in a single year. The Biden administration has now set the all-time record for migrant encounters at the southern border for the last three years running. Now, these are CBP numbers, okay? In the fiscal year of 2021, 1.73 million encounters. In the fiscal year of 2022, 2.37 million encounters. In the fiscal year of 2023, 2.475 million encounters. Every year, it's gone up 1.7, 2.3, 2.4. Under President Trump, 458,000 folks. If you think that leadership does not matter during these trying and turbulent times, you are wrong. President Trump had his finger on the pulse of what's happening both in the world and here at home. This is a guy that wanted to secure our southern border by building a wall, asked for $4 billion to do it, and Republicans in the U.S. House of Representatives and in the Senate, where we both had majorities, shot him down and said no. Why? Why? It absolutely positively makes no sense to me. But if you look at the uh, at this breaking report from uh, if you look at this breaking report today, the CBP support, uh, sources confirmed the Fox News that at least two known instances of Iranians apprehended at the border hitting the uh, TSDB, the terrorist screening database. Okay. TSDB means terrorist screening database, raising red flags that they could pose a significant security threat in the first two weeks of the fiscal year of 2024. Watch this video where Fox News is reporting on 19 Iranians and 17 Syrians illegally crossing the U.S. border in just the last two weeks. Go ahead and roll this tape say that terrorists may seek to exploit our border situation here at the homeland and they specifically highlight Iran which is the world's leading terrorism sponsor country now since this past Monday there have been nearly 20 Iranian migrants apprehended at the border some 17 Syrians just in Eagle Pass where we are on Thursday we had two men in their 20s apprehended from Lebanon one from Egypt now they will all go through extensive scrutiny and hopefully we'll find out who they are, why they came here and crossed illegally, but ultimately we don't know we can get correct information because we don't deal with most of these countries and we certainly don't share intelligence with countries like Iran or Syria. That poses the dangers that you see. Meanwhile, the numbers continue to come day in, day out. Our numbers, we have hundreds and large groups every day. We've been bringing it to you month after month here and yet nothing is changing here as this border continues to be unsecure. And what's most important about this, Neil, is that the agents are so busy, 90% of the workforce every day are processing these large groups. So you have 60 plus miles here in this sector. And from Brownsville to San Diego, you literally have hundreds upon hundreds of miles of unpatrolled, wide open border for which someone with a terrorist intention could exploit that vulnerability. Now, Now, listen, folks, I've told you many times that the cultural differences between people in the Middle East and here in America is is unbelievable, almost insurmountable. In fact, 
I saw a video of a U.S. Marine today uh, talking about, you know, he's in Iraq right now. He he works with the Iraqi people. In the wake of this terrorist attack in Israel, he would he filmed a direct to camera video talking about, you know, talking with Iraqis as they were protesting and shouting death to America and all this crazy stuff. It actually actually kind of makes you wonder what the hell we were over there for 10 years and given trillions of American taxpayer dollars to them for. But that's neither here nor there in a conversation for another time. But he was just talking to them and he was saying, so what would happen to me as an American if I went out on the town right now? It just, just How would I be received? He says very clearly that, yeah, you would be captured. You'd probably be tortured. They would film all of it and they would behead you. And then they would parade your beheaded body all over the streets. And then he made the point, which is, which should scare the crap out of all of us, that this is not ISIS. This was not Al-Qaeda. This was not Hezbollah. This was not Hamas. These were Iraqi citizens, private Iraqi citizens that were willing to do these horrific things to an American just simply because he was an American. And what the Biden administration is prepping to do, and this is why I'm telling you all this, because you can bet in the next week, two weeks, three weeks, there is going to be a massive national media push to bring Palestinian refugees here. And they're going to cite the Statue of Liberty and how it's, oh, give us your unwashed mashes and, oh, this is what America is all about and blah. But folks, I implore you to call your representative, do everything that you can to stop this because these people are fundamentally different than us. According to the Associated Press, 53% support Hamas. They just don't believe the same things that we do. And the reason why this is just so important is not because America is xenophobic and, and not generous and, and, and is isolated. It has nothing to do with any of that. And, and I talk about this often, and I'm going to say it again because it's critically important that when you engage with other people on this issue about how America is a nation of immigrants, I would say, yes, of course, it is a nation of immigrants. However, we are the most generous nation on the face of the planet. We let in over 2 million legal immigrants into this country every single year who come here. They do the right thing. They emigrate here the right way. All of that stuff matters. And what the left does, so they do it in such a sinister fashion, is they conflate illegal immigration with legal immigration, as if they're both the same thing. It is okay to be a nation of immigrants and support legal immigration while simultaneously rejecting illegal immigration. But things are so bad right now, and I mean so bad to the point where we've let in over 6.5 million illegal immigrants into this country since Biden has been in office. 6.5 five million. I think that's like over half the population of the state of Pennsylvania. I don't know. Don't quote me on that. But that's an absurdly high number. Right now, there needs to just be an immigration freeze across the board. We have so many problems here at home. Tens of thousands of veterans in this country sleep on the streets, are unable to to actually get a job. These veterans are people who volunteered to serve this country or were drafted to fight in Vietnam, fought for the streets of other countries only to come home and sleep on our own streets. There's something about that that is just deeply, deeply morally wrong. Fentanyl kills more people in this country than anything else. It by and large comes across our southern border. So, Stopping the flow of migrants across our southern border, if it can save any, at least one life, one child's life, then it's worth it, right? Or what about the millions of Americans who are living paycheck to paycheck? Or folks who have had to pick up a couple of jobs just to be able to, to combat this ridiculous inflation that we're all living through today? I mean, look, my family, we're, we're, we're those people. We live paycheck to paycheck. We suffer just like everybody else does every time we go to the grocery store. And as Commander Melanie says, every time she goes to the grocery store, $100 fills the shopping cart less. This is what it means to be America first. This is what it means to put our country first. It's not an inherently selfish position. 
Our elected representatives, both Democrat, Republican, independent, otherwise at the local, state and federal level, have an obligation to America before anything else. I mean, why does our country have to be a piggy bank for other countries who hate us? Why are we sending hundreds of billions of dollars to Ukraine in a war with no end? When people are su suffering and struggling here at home to make ends meet. It just scare it just it just drives me crazy, folks. So I want you to watch this video when I talk about the cultural differences between Western society and the folks that are coming over from the Middle East. And by the way, it's not about Islam. Not about that. It's about cultural differences. I mean, certainly there are inherent differences between Islam and Western culture, and some of those things are diametrically opposed to one another. But what I'm talking about are deep-seated cultural differences. I want you to look at this video of hundreds of children singing an ode to Kasim Soleimani. Just watch this and realize what we're up against. Go ahead and roll the tape. That video showed hundreds of children singing an ode to Kasim Soleimani and Iran's supreme leader, uh, Khamenei, with lyrics that say this, I will be your soldier, I will be your martyr. And of course, you know what martyr means, somebody who's willing to die for the religious cause, right? That video was not filmed in Tehran. That video was filmed in Houston. Folks, when I say that... <sighs> These people are already here. This is what I mean. They're indoctrinating their children to not only be loyal to their country of origin, but be willing to die for their country of origin should they be called upon. Folks, when I grew up, uh, we always talked about diversity, and it, but it's not diversity that is America's strength. It's not. It's the fact that we have people that come from all over the world into this country and bring many aspects of their culture here, e pluribus unum, of many one, right? I think that's what that, that's of many one or out of many one means that there are lots of different kinds of people in this country, but they come here, they believe in America, they assimilate into this country, they adhere to our cultural values, they believe in our constitution, and they believe in America first. What you just saw is the opposite of that. And I am telling you, that path is not a sustainable path for the West. This path of people coming to this country, yet having allegiance to their countries of origin, and not only that, being willing to martyr themselves for, say, Iran's supreme leader, that is diametrically opposed to the survival of the West. It's antithetical to our existence. And so when I say that these people are here, I mean it. And I don't just mean folks that come from other countries. I mean, so many members of the radical left. There is this video, and we're going to show it to you here in a second, of the Minnesota City Council uh, basically trapping this poor white guy uh, at a free Palestine protest. And, and I mean, the guy's driving his car. He got hundreds of people around it trying to drag him out of it. I'll show you there in a second. But first, let me tell you a little bit about um, American Alternative Assets. They're one of the sponsors of this show. And of course, Got to talk about the sponsors because it, while this show will always be free for you all, like we got to pay the bills somehow, and this is how we do it. Uh, but American, American Alternative Assets is is an awesome company. Bidenomics isn't working. The U.S. dollar is losing value. Your hard-earned savings are at risk. And I'm telling you, I hear from people every day who say that their 401k is worth 30 40% less, which has cost them tens of thousands of 
of, of dollars, but you can act now before it's too late with one straightforward, entirely legal tax loophole. So contact my friends at American Alternative Assets for a free wealth protection guide. Learn how to safeguard your wealth from a failing dollar in volatile markets with gold and silver IRAs. Dial 833, the number two USA gold. That's 833-287-2465 or visit protectfrombiden.com because we all need protection for Biden because that dude just sucks. Uh, this invaluable guide will outline the precise steps you need to take immediately to transfer your IRA, 401k into precious metals, all without any tax consequences. So call 833, the number two USA gold. That's 833-287-2465 or visit protectfrombiden.com. So I'm trying to do this thing. Like anytime I pick up an ad read, you know, Rush Limbaugh used to say his nicotine stained fingers. Anytime he'd pick something up, he'd rustle it into the mic and I'm holding here in my nicotine stained fingers. I think in Brockstar, you know, one of my old producer extraordinaires, and really I say in the chat, like he, I always joke with people in the chat that Brock foments insurrection in the chat all the time because he does. He's totally a rabble rouser. But Brock suggested that I say my gunpowder stained fingers. So I'm holding here in my gunpowder stained fingers an ad read for American Alternative Assets. Will you let me know in the chat if you think gunpowder stained fingers sounds good or does it sound like I'm actually fomenting insurrection just like Brock? I don't know. We'll let you all decide this. Uh, but back to the show here for a second. Um, it's not just bring, about bringing people here. We got people here in this country who would 100% be willing to hurt your family if it supported their cause. And I've said this time and time again. If 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 I if I if I said to about one of your families that you could defeat global warming and all you had to do was burn down this one person's house with their entire family and all their children in it would be burned down yesterday. These people that we have in this country on the radical left, they are fanatical about what they believe and the ends justify the means. These people don't necessarily believe in God. They believe in the power of the state itself, and that makes them dangerous because their belief system grows the, the power of the state. And as the power of the state continues to grow unabated, you see the state starting to weaponize certain aspects of itself against their political opponents. And folks, you're seeing that right now. And what I'm about to show you, this is a Minnesota City Council candidate, Zach his name is Zach Metzger. He blocked off a highway and terrorized an old white man um, driving past a pro-Palestine uh, riot. We got two videos here. I want to first show you the video of what it looked, of what this man looked like in his car, surrounded by these raving, mouth-breathing, left-wing lunatics who were trying to harm him. Go ahead and roll this first video. He not going nowhere now. He not going nowhere now. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. He not going nowhere now. He not going nowhere now. Motherfucker just ran. Who shot? Who shot? That guy is an elected official. Did you see the fear on that old man's face as he tried to get the hell out of there, wondering what the hell was going on around him? These people were free Palestine whack jobs that were wholly willing to harm an American citizen. Why? I don't know. It, this guy wasn't out there waving the Israeli flag. That wouldn't be an excuse to do anything to him either. But when I say the enemy is here, it's not just people that are refugees coming here from other countries. The radical left is a threat to this country as well. Have a, if you, it's hard to get a sense from that video of just how many people are around this poor man's car. But look at this drone footage that came out shortly after that video. And by the way, this this Minnesota uh, City Council candidate, Zach Metzger, he deleted the video because clearly he knows he's at fault. But look at this drone footage as they encircled this guy's car. Go ahead and roll the tape.
Folks, I'm telling you, that situation is bad. If that poor man didn't floor the gas to get out of that situation, they might have dragged him out of his car and beat him to death. And for what? That didn't happen in some faraway land. That happened right here in America. So when I talk about learning to defend yourself, learning to defend your family, protecting, providing for your family, figuring out how to hunt, even if you've never never done it before in your life, do it. Trust me, it will serve you well. What if you found yourself in a situation like that? What if you were with your wife or your children? Have you ever thought about how you would handle a situation like that? How you would escape a situation like that? You should start thinking about that stuff and think about it now because I'm telling you, look, I'm a combat veteran over 16 months in Afghanistan. Uh, you just have a, uh, you just develop an uncanny, uncanny ability to sense and smell an ambush uh, or sense bad things coming. And I just feel something, I, I just feel there might be something bad on the horizon here, just especially given with how terrible Joe Biden is, how weak he is, you know, even just, the, the laser focus of his administration is dis that is dismantling all that's good in this country. feel like it's part of my job to use this, this, this growing platform to tell you all, just be ready. Be prepared. Not paranoid, but be prepared. So let me just uh, move on to the next segment here, folks. I'm talking about a quick speaker update, and then we'll, we'll get to one last thing before we close out the show. Uh, but right now, of course, there's still chaos on Capitol Hill. Of course, Republicans still don't have a speaker nominee. We missed an incredible opportunity to have Jim Jordan, who has been a conservative warrior in this country for 10 years, chairman of the Judiciary Committee, taking the fight to the radical left for 10 years. Republicans squandered an incredible opportunity to have somebody like him as Speaker of the House, and now we're back to the drawing board. And not only that, we got like nine people running for Speaker. Now, let's run through them real quick. We have the House Majority Whip, Tom Emmer, Republican Conference Vice Chair, Mike Johnson, the Republican Study Committee Chair, Kevin Hearn of Oklahoma, Byron Donalds of Florida, Austin Scott of Georgia, Jack Bergman of Michigan, Pete Sessions of Texas, Gary Palmer of Alabama, and Dan Muser of my home state of the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. That's a lot of people. It's a lot of people. And frankly, look, it doesn't bode well for the Republican Party moving forward. It, it actually... The more candidates that are out there, the more chaos I think you'll see. And I'm telling you, we're going to get into this with Rich Barris the moment that he can come back on the show. But he saw some unbelievable polling that sort of gives gives you a sense of how Americans process what's happening on Capitol Hill and all this drama within the Republican uh, House of Representatives right now. I don't think it's actually polling well. Uh, with people in this country, especially now that there's all this chaos in, in Israel and, our, and, and business as usual has been brought to a screeching halt in the House of Representatives. Now, I will say, and I give you both sides of the story here, folks, you know, I, I would say I don't necessarily care as much that they're not getting business done. I mean, I, I, I don't. I mean, it seems like, you know, it, it, if the every day that they're not doing business they're not sending our tax dollars somewhere else <laughs> but it would be great if we you know got our act together and controlled the one legislative house that we or the one legislative chamber that we have under our control i mean honestly look at what's happening at the border i mean just we've got to do stuff about that but anyway Liz Cheney was all on the Sunday shows. And remember what I told you, beware the squish option. And a couple of weeks ago, Democrats actually put Liz Cheney's name out there as who would be a great consensus candidate for Speaker of the House. And it didn't even take her a week before she went out and hit the Sunday shows talking about, you guessed it, the Republican chaos on Capitol Hill and taking pot shots at Republicans. Go ahead and roll this tape of her on some of the Sunday shows. 
Look, I think what you're seeing right now in, among the Republicans in the House is a direct result of the decisions that Kevin McCarthy made to uh, embrace uh, Donald Trump, to embrace the most radical and extreme members of our party, to elevate them. Um, so it's not a surprise that we are where we are, but, but it's a disgrace and it's an embarrassment. And there certainly are serious people uh, among the Republicans. Uh, I hope that, that one of them, particularly, I think it's important somebody not be an election denier. And I also think everybody should be asked to tomorrow night at the candidate forum about this issue of Ukraine assistance. And they should be asked from the perspective of, we face a global challenge, an existential threat, mm -hmm. and how in the world could anybody defend at this moment uh, surrendering to one of our adversaries uh, by walking away from Ukraine? So again, there she uses a Democrat phrase, election denier, which I have to say is a little bit frustrating, especially given all the stuff that we now know about the 2020 election and how it was an abject disaster, whether it was unconstitutional mail-in ballots, no excuse mail-in ballots, um, I, I mean, removing signature verification in key swing states, any semblance of voter identification, any semblance of a deadline, you know, unsupervised drop boxes, the suspending of the counting of votes in key swing states, all at the same time again like liz cheney i don't understand your dedication to the, the actual propaganda there were no issues in the 2020 election and there's nothing wrong there is absolutely nothing wrong with questioning elections in fact democrats question every election they've ever lost including hakeem jeffries who's the house minority leader so while you cozy up to election deniers in the Democrat Party, you simultaneously point the finger at Republicans, where in 2020 there were real issues, problematic issues in our elections that need to be rectified to gain the confidence of our voters and the American people moving forward. So why is it? Why are you? Why? Why? And I'll tell you that because as Dan Bongino says, all Democrats are Democrats, but all Republicans are not Republicans. Some Republicans are actually Democrats, and she's one of them. But watch this next video of, of Monica Lewinsky's boyfriend, a.k.a. Jake Tapper. Now, if you, again, if you're watching on Red Voice Media, yes, Jake Tapper took Monica Lewinsky out. Go Google it. Look it up for yourself. But we refer to him here as Monica Lewinsky's boyfriend. He asked Liz Cheney about a presidential run. Let's see what she says. Go ahead and roll the tape. We're going to see what what happens. We're going to see how things unfold. I think Donald Trump is the single most dangerous threat we face. I would imagine that there will be a number of other candidates in the race. Um, would you be one of them? I think I'll tell you what I'm what I am definitely going to do. I'm going to spend the next uh, year between now and the election certainly helping to elect serious people, helping to elect sane people um, to of, of both parties. Yes. Uh, because I think that, that we could well find ourselves in a situation, given what we know the Trump folks are doing in terms of attempting um, to question the results of the election, we don't want a situation where the election is thrown into the House of Representatives and Donald Trump has any possibility at all of prevailing under those circumstances. So we've got to elect people who believe in the Constitution and who take their responsibilities seriously to Congress. So I'm going to be spending a lot of time doing that in addition to other things. But you're not ruling out a presidential run? No, I'm not. Okay, and we'll see you when your book comes out. Thank you. I look forward to it. Okay. Kind of <laughs> Liz Cheney's not ruling out a presidential run. What the hell are you talking about? She lost by like 30 plus points in her own house district. Absolutely crazy to me. And by the way, Donald Trump is the most dangerous thing that our country is facing right now. Not the unchecked mass migration, not the asymmetric threat of global terror, which we saw unfold on Israel and the horror on, in the wake of all of that. Not the escalatory possibilities of a war in Ukraine with the conventional force of Russia, not the rising tide of China, not defund the police, which is which has created a police recruiting crisis, the likes of which we haven't seen here in this country, not our, our woke military, not, not, nothing like that is, is a threat to Liz Cheney, just Donald Trump. The, I'm telling you, these mouth breathers, they caused my IQ to lower by 20 points. And so, folks, we've been an hour on the show. Tomorrow, we have a hell of a show for you. We're going to do a deep dive comparison on the differences between the conflicts in Israel and Ukraine. We're going to talk about our woke military and how it's absolutely destroying our military. And we're going to talk about so much more insider baseball political stuff. But as usual, if you've made it through this far, like this video. Rumble notices that. If you're watching from Red Voice Media... Like this page. If you're watching from Par uh, Parnell's Platoon, Battleground Live, like Red Voice Media, subscribe to Battleground Live. It is and will always be free. It airs every single 
night, Monday through Friday from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. And as always, thank you all for watching this show. God bless you all. And God bless this amazing country that we call home. Take care and good night. Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening.